If you didn't know that Disney Channel's Lemonade Mouth was based on a book, you should listen to Adapt or Die, co-hosted by Pippa Russell and KJ Minzner, a bi-weekly podcast about adaptations of all kinds, from classic literature to comics to television and everything in between. Here's a clip. So Disney wasn't able to turn this into the big, hot musical franchise that they wanted it to be, but they did succeed in one area, and that is in soundtrack sales. This really is like knockoff glee. Um. <laughs> Adapt or Die, available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The Legacy Saga may contain subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Specific content warnings are available in the episode description. The tale of Aurora Nova Rescue our world from the darkness Azrael, Cortez, Tara Saban and Rowan and Nile Atara woke to the gentle nipping of Lavana. Uh, uh, wh- where are we? Ugh, some kind of dark pit. I can't see shit. Oh, great. Uh, how long have we been down here? Unfortunately, we haven't the slightest clue. Here, let's get you on your feet. Atara stood as her eyes adjusted to the new space though there wasn't much to see. They were in a small, rectangular room with stone walls. No ceiling hung above them, only darkness that extended upward. I'm assuming no exit? I tried pulling my bird trick, but the darkness just keeps going on and on. They want us stuck down here. Sabin tried to run directly up the wall, but that didn't end very well either. I swear, I can do it. Fuck! Brilliant white light exploded into their little hole. Once their eyes readjusted, above them they saw the assembled masses of Stormbreaker Isle in stadium seating. Still wearing their masks, they made idle chatter with each other while snacking on concessions. Welcome, my loves. It means so much to me that you all could gather together for what will surely go down as my magnum opus. As many of you know, I have an ear for current events, for what is resonating with the people. This past month, I have been deeply moved by the tales of six, occasionally seven, heroes. Whispers throughout the land call them Aurora Nova, from the ancient tongue meaning new light. Of course, I felt compelled to immortalize these heroes myself. Alas, the many times I put brush to canvas, nothing came. The art would not flow. I had only heard whispers of their heroics. I needed more. A live muse to capture their essence. Thus, I present you my exhibition of heroics. A gauntlet designed to test our young heroes, find their limits, and see if they can surpass them. They must conquer these challenges or die. 
<laughs> and what if we refuse to play your twisted game? Then you choose death. On the blank wall in front of them, a door appeared. I don't really see much of a choice here. One by one, they stepped through the door. I present to you, the captain! Theo gripped the wheel of the earthly delight as it rocked on violent water. From all sides, sinister, slimy tentacles rose and grasped parts of the ship. Centuries ago, this beast slaughtered their ancestors, the saviors of the realm, Max and Jade, Canicus. Those two brave heroes sacrificed their lives and the many lives of their crew. Can young Theo overcome the terrifying Leviathan? The assassin and the huntress. Through the trees, Sabin and Atara could see the faint outlines of each other hiding in the shadows. Beyond these trees lies a fortress occupied by Imperial soldiers. Deep in its heart lies a valuable prize, a map of Cassius's castle. Both fiercely independent, can these two work together to retrieve it? The king and the chieftain. On rolling hills covered in blood, Azrael and Cortez stood across from each other. A border dispute has exploded, turning these once friends into foes. Which one of these mighty warriors shall prevail? They expect us to fight each other? It would appear so. Ah, okay. But draw it out. Give each of us time to find a new solution. Priestess and the Druid. At the end of an unknown civilization, Rowan and Naya stood side by side. Notable achievements include assisting Osriel and cowering in fear, respectively. <laughs> How will they fare when faced with a pillaging horde by themselves? Fuck this guy. Agreed. What's our next move, Captain? We haven't made a dent in that thing. There's no winning against this beast. Exactly. I sure am glad you agree, Captain, but that doesn't exactly help. We can't win, Klaus. That's certain. But that's not the point. Glad you figured this all out. You gather whoever's left of the crew and get aboard the lifeboat. I'll keep it distracted long enough so you can get free. But, Cap- No, this is the only way. Aye. The first mate ran across the deck, gathering the rest of the crew into the few lifeboats that remained. Theo made their way to the center of the ship. Last chance, Captain! Go on! Save yourselves! You can have the ship! Take it! It's too gaudy for me anyway. Do you have anything to do with those sins of the past my dad warned me of? Is that why you killed my ancestors? If your only desire is to kill the Canicus family, congrats. You're about to succeed. I'm the last one. What the hell am I doing? You can't understand me. 
One of the giant tentacles whipped around Theo's torso. The monstrous beast lifted them high, suspending the young captain above the wet, gaping maw. No. There is another. Theo plummeted into the belly of the beast. Atara and Sabin ignored one another and took separate paths toward the keep. Thanks. I had that. No, you didn't. You're one to talk. A couple yards back, I took down a guy who was trying to creep up on you. As much as it pains me to say this, we have to work together, Sabin. Fine. Together, Atara and Sabin reached the end of the trees. Damn, there's no way without them spotting us. Okay. Uh... Here, fire your arrows to create a distraction, while I sneak around Hold and- Hold on. I think I have a better idea. Oh, really? Sabin, have you ever followed one of my plans? Uh, no. You've never made any. Exactly. So you don't know if it's gonna be bad or not yet. Look, I've been hunting and tracking since before I could walk. I know a few tricks. Atara gathered some leaves and herbs from the forest floor and burned the little pile. Muttering under her breath, she took the ashes and threw them over her and Sabin. I don't know much about magic, but this spell is pretty helpful. The ashes fell, creating a bubble of darkness around the two. Now, follow me. Atara and Sabin passed like a shadow right through the front gate, leaving behind no trace. Okay, not a bad plan. I try my best. Though the spell forced eyes away from their presence and deafened the noise they made, their two silhouettes remained subtly visible and definitely tangible. On more than one occasion, Atara had to grab Sabin's arm to stop him from crossing the path of a guard after getting a little too cocky. However, they navigated the keep with a degree of ease, even if it took some time and patience and soon the pair fell into a rhythm of stealth. Whenever they reached a wall or needed to get up a floor, Atara, without command, readied herself and vaulted Sabin up and over, who would in turn reach down and pull her up. Finally, the two reached the heart of the fortress. There it is! Sabin, wait! Sabin dashed to the pedestal that held the map of the castle before Atara could check for traps. However, he managed to reach it and steal the paper without dying. <sighs> okay, we got it. Now let's get the fuck out of here. Right behind you. But first, let's check to make sure it's the right one. Good call. Atara looked over his shoulder as he unrolled the piece of paper. God damn it, it's blank. Shit. Well, I'd say I'm sorry for getting us into this. But for once, it doesn't count as my fault. I know. I wasn't gonna blame you. Thanks. So, uh, guess we're gonna die now. I guess so. 
100 years, Cortez. No. You? Unfortunately, not! On his next swing, the flames on Azrael's blade turned a brilliant gold and grew in size. When he brought it down on Cortez's maul, the light exploded, but affected neither. What the... I suppose that's one type of bright idea? That wasn't intentional. It appears the king has attempted to smite the chieftain. A thrilling combat. Do we just fight until they're pleased or we're dead? No, I, I think we have to fulfill this scenario of his somehow. I, wait. Azrael stood to full height and then thrust his sword into the ground. Great Chief Del Canyon, there has been enough bloodshed today. We can continue fighting until one or both of us is dead in this bout of senseless violence, or we can lay down our arms and find some peace. I accept your truce, your majesty. Unfortunately, no one has informed the artillery. Shit. Rowan and Naya kept the horde at bay for the moment. Naya had created a barrier of ensnaring plants and fallen trees, while Rowan hurled glowing bolts of light at the marauders and chopped away at them with her ethereal axe. Yet, they continued to push forward. We can't keep this up forever. Our magic is keeping them at bay, but I'm starting to exhaust my reserves. Same here. So what do we do? I don't think we have much of a choice. We have to stop defending and start attacking. Okay. I've never tried something this big before, but... We're gonna die anyway, so let's give it a shot. Dropping to all fours, Naya began one of her transformations, turning from her petite elven form into the hulking mass of a giant bear. In bear form, Naya gestured to Rowan. Well, what the hell? Atop Naya's furry back, Rowan charged at the marauders, swinging her axe at any and all foes. At the sight of the pair, the relentless tide paused for the first time. Fear and confusion fell over all of the attackers as Rowan and Naya bore down on them. Ah! We're actually doing this! I can't believe it! barrage of arrows that pelted Naya's flank cut their victory short. Naya rose to her hind legs to intimidate the attackers, but only opened herself up to another salvo of arrows. No, 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 no! Naya fell backward, pinning Rowan to the ground under her massive bolt.
Theo woke to find themselves drenched in water, sitting with their back to a wall. In the same room, they saw Sabin and Atara covered in dust and splinters, Azrael and Cortez lying on their stomachs with some light burns on their backs, and Naya laying on top of Rowan. Hey, is, is everyone alive? Unfortunately, yes. Where are we? The seven found themselves in a similar small stone room. Yet this one was lit by torches and had a simple wooden door on the other side. All right. Who wants to open this one? Great. I can't wait to die again. The door opened to a large, utilitarian studio. On the far end, Hieronymus stood before a canvas, applying the finishing touches. Fantastic. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. No, more so. You were exquisite. Oh, there is hope after all. Hieronymus's body collapsed lifeless to the floor. All seven ran to him. What the fuck? Did he plan this? Why? Is this what he was working on? Their attention turned to the painting, Hieronymus's magnum opus. It depicted all of them, dressed much like they were now, yet they looked older. Not by more than a year or two, but far more worn than their current state. There were few differences in clothing Hieronymus depicted. Sabin appeared to wear a black glove on his right hand. The skirts of Atara and Rowan's dresses were removed, leaving the armored leggings underneath exposed. The leather armor Atara wore bore the same crest as that of the magic ring given to her by the man. The largest difference was in Naya, who was draped in black robes instead of the forest green she currently wore. Down in the corner of the painting, they found Hieronymus's signature, written in his own blood. Instead of another foe, Yoan stood in the doorway. Hieronymus has gifted to you all his final painting, which he titled Aurora Nova and the End of Time. White-gloved servants entered behind him and lifted the painting. He would like me to assure you that the painting will be treated with the greatest charms known to our mages and shall not need touching up for the next six millennia. It shall be soared on the earthly delight for your return voyage. Excuse me, can you- Hieronymus has prepared a statement he wished for me to read. I have seen many things in my pursuit of art. I have gazed into other worlds, other times. I have looked where I should not have. I've witnessed countless horrors. Yet I too have seen beauty beyond comparison. I painted Aurora Nova and the end of time after peeking into the future. I had to know what I saw was true. I'm sorry for the torture I have put you through, but I needed to know that I did not hope in vain. I know now that the world will be safe in your hands, but that I would not be. And so I spared myself from the horrors to come. Take the painting. It is yours. Farewell, your host and benefactor, Hieronymus. Painter, philosopher, philanthropist. Really boosted his own resume there. 
I'll take you wherever you wish, either to the ship or back oh, to- Oh, the ship. Take us back to the ship, please. Very well. Follow me. Atara followed the party through the halls of Hieronymus's manor, glancing as they passed at the many paintings on the wall. One stopped her in her tracks, a portrait of a woman who looked strikingly like herself. The woman held a hand to her breast, and on the fingers she wore Atara's ring. What the? Come on! Atara! Atara caught back up with her friends. As the earthly delight pulled out of harbor and set its course back to Arkham, the Seven saw no fireworks or any of the usual year-end festivities. Instead, they watched as all the color faded from the island, from the enchanted sands of the beachfronts to the murals adorning the mountains and buildings. Everything turned black to mourn the loss of their beloved patron. Hey, Azrael. Uh... Do you know what the emblem on the armor they gave you means? Uh, no. Why do you ask? It... it just matches the one on the ring the man gave me. While we're at it, what's the deal with the eclipse, Theo? You got a pin to your breast, and it's all over this ship. It's the Canicus family symbol. The, the one that was on the door of the old Canicus house. I guess... Hieronymus had the ship personalized for me. Wait, you're not really keeping this ship, are you? Hell no. I'd rather watch it sink to the bottom of the sea. But I guess we we can strip off the gold and use that for our cause. Or to help someone in need. Something like that. Hey, Atara. When you stopped in the halls back there, what was it you saw? Uh, Nothing. Just saw some strange art. The Legacy Saga is produced by Welcome Matt Radio. Written and narrated by me, the artist currently known as Mosmo Napoli. Sound design and audio engineering by Austin Olivia Kendrick. Additional sound editing by Sam Trout. Vocal direction by Matthew Moore. Music direction and composition by Emma Whitley and Mac and Carol. Full cast lists can be found in the episode description. For more detailed information about the show, visit our website, welcomemattradio.com, or follow us on Instagram and TikTok at welcomemattradio or on Twitter at Matt underscore welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tell us what you think over on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss out on the story. Mm-hmm.